The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. My heart is so hungry for revival. And revival should be just the normal life of the church. We find the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts. Pentecost. And everything changed. They were empowered to preach the word and to heal the sick. 
and thousands were converted. I want to see that happen in Washington, D.C. The cry of my heart is that men and women could come to Jesus and have everything change. That men and women could be set free. That the kingdom of God could advance in this city. I have worked in this city for more than 40 years. I've pastored large and small churches. I've done radio ministry. I've done street preaching. I've done all kinds of things in this city. But I've not made any progress. There has not been a breakthrough. I know that that will only come by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we are fasting, we are praying, we are waiting on the Lord now, month after month, for the coming of the Holy Spirit in revival power. I'm scorned for this. I've lost friends because of this stand. Some of you who used to listen to this radio broadcast have turned aside because you don't want to hear any more about revival. You don't believe it'll ever happen. It will. The Holy Spirit will come to Washington, D.C., and revival will happen in this city. Now, I want to share with you a story. I've shared it before, but as I read it this morning, the tears just flowed down my face. So I'm going to share it again with you today. It's a story by Edward Miller. It's from the book, The Secret of the Argentine Revival. I invite you to listen and pray. Let the Holy Spirit move in your heart. Dr. Miller is standing in front of a congregation. He's ready to preach. All he hears is, invite the people to pray. I looked around me at the large congregation of Slavic-speaking folk. The long preliminary program had finally finished, and the pastor had announced that I would speak. And now the only word the Lord gave me was, invite the people to pray. What kind of a message was that? But having begun some months before to walk the road of implicit obedience to what I felt the word of the Lord was, I obeyed the command, inviting the people to pray. Immediately they went down on their knees. Before I had time to realize what was happening, the Holy Spirit had begun to fall on the group of approximately 400. As they began to cry out, several received the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues. Others, with cries of repentance, sought their way back to the cross of Jesus. The pastor, astonished, wholly unaccustomed to these manifestations in his church, though he was a Pentecostal by labor, by label, he quickly rang a bell to call the people to order. Obediently, they became silent and took their seats. And now boomed the pastor, notably perturbed, in a deep, commanding voice, Brother Miller will speak. 
God had not changed his mind. So when I arose to speak, my words were these, brethren, let's pray. Down on their knees, the people went, and no sooner had they begun to pray than the Holy Spirit again moved upon them, and others were filled with the Holy Spirit. The noise increased until the pastor, unable to tolerate any more deviation from the customary ultra-formalism and ritualism, rang his little bell and called the people to attention and soundly scolded them. They obeyed. The service was returned to me to preach the accustomed sermon. But God's sermon still had not changed. Brethren, God is here. Let's pray. And down on their knees they went for the third time. Again, the same process. The bell ringing, the scolding, the service returned to me. The repetition of the call to prayer. The people down on their knees again the Holy Spirit outpoured. But the fourth time there was no more bell and no more scolding. The Holy Spirit continued to move, apparently unoffended by the repeated interruptions. The pastor stood by observing until he himself was moved upon by the Holy Spirit. And he began to cry out to God. At last the pastor had understood that the people were not out of hand, but in God's hand. For hours great crying and groaning ascended. In terrible conviction, some wrestled for pardon, others shouted in victory the praises of Zion and the Lamb. Others spoke in unknown tongues as they received the Holy Spirit's promise by the Father. It was a holy jubilee. By the end of the week, nearly 200 had received the Holy Spirit. In another church in the capital, Bonus Aries, the same beautiful river of God began to flow, cleansing, healing, and filling believers with his Holy Spirit, including several of the children of missionary pastors and and their praying wives. Doors were closed on the sultry summer night to prevent unbelieving neighbors from the noise, but nevertheless the cries and praises passed through closed doors as they ascended heavenward. In a lumbering old train that crept along an 18 miles per hour, Brother Robert Thomas and I chugged northwards our destination, Paraguay, where the Lord had indicated his desire to bless with the Holy Spirit. The second night of services, the river began to flow out in power to those poverty-ridden people. On the third night, a little timid Indian woman from the jungle came in. As she came She could only speak the Indian language. I could not converse with her before the service. It was impossible to even greet her in Spanish. Others had to interpret for me. But when the cloud of glory descended, this timid little Indian woman suddenly leapt to her feet. Charged with the glory of God, she began to speak freely and fluently in Spanish, foretelling what the Lord was going to do. She spoke in such a beautiful language that I thought for certain others had been joking about her not speaking Spanish. The Indian woman said that God wanted to baptize a certain brother with his spirit, but he would not lift his hands 
the man still didn't lift them. So the woman suited actions to words, not understanding what she was saying. Leaping over a bench to reach him, she grabbed his hands and forcibly upward lifted them as he knelt. He immediately broke forth in other tongues as the Spirit of God baptized him. Afterward, I went to speak to her. Well, I guess you were fooling me. Now you can speak Spanish. She looked at me blankly as the people around her commented, Oh, she doesn't speak Spanish. In the spirit, she had been speaking in other tongues, knowing nothing of what she'd been saying, even foretelling the coming of the Lord. Yet to us who understood every word she said, a wonderful prophecy had been given. A move of the Lord began in that land which continued for months in the churches, up into the jungles and out into the colonies of the European-speaking folk. Now, I want to share another part of the story. Um, I'm going to have to try to find it for you. Uh, stay with me. And I'm still looking for it. I'm using a Kindle, and I think I just totally lost what I was trying to find for you. And I'm not techy enough to find it. So I'm going to share it with you just as I remember it. This dear brother, Edward Miller, was called by the Lord to withdraw from any work in the Holy Spirit, any public work. And so he moved to a new place, continued ministry, but there spent many hours in prayer and fasting. And he was very downhearted he was very disappointed because he wanted to be active in the flowing of the river of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was in charge and he wanted him to simply withdraw. He wanted him to simply withdraw. And there he wanted him to pray. Now, what I want to say to you is that as we pray for the coming of the Holy Spirit, it is not in our power to determine what will happen. It's God's power. Now, as they were withdrawn, they were discouraged. They said, why have 
Why have we lost our ministry in the spirit? Why are we back in the prayer closet where he had spent months before his baptism? And then he began to understand God was using his prayer life to move forward the work of the gospel in Argentina. A great revival meeting was called for. They hired or called a leading evangelist. At the last minute, he couldn't come. And so they had to settle for a man who was totally unknown, Tommy Hicks. This was all in God's plan. So Tommy Hicks came to Argentina from America. And he said, I want to rent a stadium that will seat 25,000 people. And everyone laughed. They said, no, no. We couldn't begin to fill a 25,000-seat stadium. We would be embarrassed. And Tommy said, no. If I'm going to do these meetings, we're going to have to rent a 25,000-seat auditorium. They said, you can't. The government will not allow you to do that. Well, he went on and said, I want full radio. I want television. I I want this in the media. And they said, you can't do that. The media is controlled by Mr. Perron, who is the governor. He is the dictator. And so, in his struggle, he began to pray. And he said, I need to go see Mr. Perron, the dictator, the head of Argentina. They all said, that's utterly impossible. He will not see even important American people who come. The American ambassador has been refused access to Mr. Perón. He will not allow you to come. Well, he said, I guess I'll pray. And then he said, I'm going to go visit Mr. Perón. And so he went to the building where the main office was, and as he approached, a guard met him and said, what are you doing here? What do you want? Tommy Hicks said, I want to see the governor. I want to see Mr. Perron. Well, why do you want to see him? And so he began to explain that he wanted to hold a great healing service and preaching and teaching about Jesus as he preached the gospel to this guard, as he explained the power of Jesus to heal, this guard said, are you telling me that Jesus can heal? Can he heal me? Yes. Give me your hand. So the guard reached out his hand, and Tommy Hicks took that hand And he began to pray the prayer of faith over this man. And the power of God surged through that man's body. And suddenly the man began to shout and dance, I'm healed. There's no pain in my body. I am healed. 
He said, come back tomorrow, the same time, and I'll get you in to see Mr. Perone. Well, the next day, Tommy Hicks went back. This time, the guard was smiling and welcoming, and he invited him to come in, and he took him to the great entrance into the dictator's office, a large and spacious office. As he entered, Mr. Perone welcomed him cordially, asked him to have a seat, and then said to him, How can I help you? And so Tommy Hicks began to preach to Mr. Perone and talk about the wonderful healing power of Jesus. To talk about the wonderful power of Jesus to forgive our sins, to restore us from the darkness. Now, if you know any history of Argentina, you know that his wicked wife, his wicked late wife, and he had brought in strong occultism, demonic activity in Argentina. But now Tommy Hicks is preaching him the gospel of Jesus, freedom from every demonic power, healing in the name of Jesus. Eva Perone had sought the help of every demonic entity and still died of leukemia screaming and yelling against the God of heaven. And now, Mr. Perone had eczema, and now was not even allowing public photographs because his face was marred and scarred with this eczema. It was beginning to cover his body. It was cracking and bleeding. It was extremely painful. Mr. Perone said, Mr. Hicks, can God heal me? Yes. And Tommy reached his hand across the desk. Mr. Perone reached his hand and clasped the hand of Tommy Hicks. Now, please understand, Tommy Hicks was nobody. He was not an important man. He was unknown, unsung. He was just a representative of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He was not puffed up. He was not proud. He was not somebody. He was just an ambassador from Jesus Christ. As their hands met, Tommy Hicks began to pray the prayer of faith, and the power of God surged through his hand into the body of Mr. Perone. He felt the jolt. He felt the healing power. He felt the fire of God moving in his body and sitting right there. The skin, like that of Naaman, totally changed, as clean as a baby's skin. All over his body, the eczema disappeared as though it were draining out of his body. He was healed. And the wonderful power of God met this man. He stood up. He said, I'm, I'm healed. I'm healed. 
I'm well. And he spread wide his arms and he said, Mr. Hicks, you can have anything you want. You want an auditorium for 25000 Not a problem. You can rent it. You want the media? It's yours. You can have anything you want. Everything suddenly changed. All the doors that had been locked close swung open for Tommy Hicks. The stadium was rented. The meeting was planned. Deep prayer and intercession went before the throne of God. The first meeting, there was barely anyone in the stadium. But there was one important person present in that stadium. His name was Jesus. And the power of the Holy Spirit for the healing of the sick. As the word began to go out that the healing power of God was present at the stadium, the second night there were more people. The third night there was a crowd. And soon the stadium was packed, 25,000 seats all full. People started to camp out because they wanted to be there for the good seats the next morning when the gate opened. Crowds began to come from all over Argentina. People, people seeking the living God of heaven for the healing of their sickness, for the forgiveness of their sins, for the wiping away of their transgressions. Drunkards, drug addicts, every kind of wicked person, fornicators, every kind of wicked person came for healing and deliverance. And they were healed and they were delivered and they were transformed and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Such joy, such wondrous joy breaking out as God's power was made evident in this city. Tommy Hicks, as he prayed, he said, we must have another stadium. We must have a larger stadium. There was another stadium. It would seat 180,000 people. They rented it. And as they began, the people began to crowd until every seat was taken. The owner of the sports team that used that stadium had never seen it full before. No one had. More people came to that stadium for Jesus than had ever come for any sporting activity. I want to tell you, Jesus is greater than the Redskins. Jesus is greater than any sports team. And when word went out that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was in that place, they came from every part of Argentina and from, from Chile, from other countries like Brazil. They came hungry. 
They came earnestly desiring the presence of God. I want to see that in America. I want to see that in Washington, D.C. We began holding revival meetings. hoping that as we held revival meetings, the power of the Holy Spirit would come, that we would be baptized in his power. But after several weeks, it was apparent that was not happening. People heard the message. They heard the message that they could be delivered from their sin that they no longer needed to walk in sin and rebellion against God. Now, it so happened these meetings were in a, an Anglican church. The bishop of that Anglican church listened to a few of the broadcasts, Pilgrim's Progress, and discovered that we were teaching that the blood of Jesus Christ could set us free from all sin. And he said, that's heresy. And immediately ended the meetings and broke a rental agreement and kicked us out of his church. Not even allowing us to pray in their prayer room. Demanding that we absolutely leave their campus. Why? Because this Anglican bishop believes that you can go on sinning and still be saved. Now let's be clear. In Argentina, they were preaching that you must repent of all sin. You must turn by the blood of Jesus and be forgiven before you can be anointed, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is it any wonder that we don't have revival in Washington, D.C., when bishops and pastors are teaching that you can't, by the blood of Jesus, leave your sin. So they are denigrating, they are casting down the blood of Jesus Christ. They are belittling it, they are walking on it, they are insulting the blood of Jesus Christ. Breaks my heart, makes me weep. The blood of Jesus Christ is the most valuable thing that has ever come upon the earth and if Jesus does not have the ability by his blood to break the power of sin in your life tell me how can you even begin to think that he has the power to save you for eternity if he can't give you victory now how can he give you eternal life later oh I want to tell you today the victory belongs to Jesus. And he's come to deliver you from your sins. That's not the gospel. That's John the Baptist. The gospel is that as you repent of all your sins and you are delivered by the blood of Jesus, you then enter into the kingdom of God 
because the coming of that kingdom is the gospel. It is the good news that God wants to turn back the evil. He wants to break the power of Satan over a city, not over a church, over a city, over a nation. That's what he began to do in Argentina, and that Argentina revival is still going on. The battle is not yet totally won. The Lord wants to win not a neighborhood, but a city. No, not just a city. The Lord wants to win a nation. The Lord intends to win the world. That's the coming of the kingdom of God, where the power of Satan is broken. It is cast back. It no longer has the victory. Now, I'm struggling right now. My telephone has had probably 70 harassing calls in the last several days. Demonic messages harassment from Satan by a a demon-possessed woman, an angry woman. And as these calls have come, they have again prompted me to pray for her and ask Jesus to give her total deliverance from these demonic powers, to bring her dressed and in her right mind to sit in the presence of Jesus and repent of her sin. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Back to our story. Tommy Hicks now has people coming from every part of the country and other countries as well. They are crowding into this stadium. 200,000 people estimated now to be coming. Huge numbers of people many Catholics who have called themselves Catholics but have not been Christians believing in the rituals and the formalism but not in Jesus they're now leaving the Catholic Church in droves and coming to meet with Jesus the Messiah to repent of their sins to be made clean And the glory of God is being lifted up over this nation. Indians, pagans, men of every race are coming to be healed of their sicknesses, to be restored in their spirits, to have their sins forgiven, to be washed and made clean so that they can walk in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit so that they can go out and fulfill the gospel commission. And now people are beginning to go out from Tommy Hicks' meeting. And they're evangelizing. Drunkards are becoming pastors. Prostitutes are becoming Christians who now are winning others to Jesus. As we see this picture unfolding, Tommy Hicks is becoming exhausted. It's been day after day with crowds of people. And so there's an announcement that the meeting is going to close. There's a great protest. 
no 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 we need we need this to continue we need this stream of god to flow in our city and in argentina tommy hicks continues for a time and then in utter exhaustion he withdrew now we would imagine oh my what's the organization now to carry on who's the speaker to fill in no no one the meetings closed the stadium it was over but was it over no it wasn't over it was just beginning that was the great impetus that launched in the television in the radio in the newspapers in the magazines it launched revival in argentina not just in one small church or in one small town it launched revival nationally in argentina and now others picked up the torch and they began to minister in the name of jesus by the power of the holy spirit and thousands began to come to jesus and be baptized for the remission of their sins and for the baptism of the fire of god fire to cleanse and to give power you see the baptism of the holy spirit is both cleansing and power this is what we need in washington i've laid down my life to wait on the lord we meet in what we call the upper room the upper room is a room where a few people are gathering to pray to fast and to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit we aren't anybody we're not moneyed we're not powerful we're we're just waiting on Jesus because he promised that he was more willing to send the Holy Spirit than parents were to give food to their children and so we come praying waiting waiting on Jesus for the baptism of the Holy Spirit today are you still walking in rebellion and sin against the mighty God of heaven if so you need to repent you need to lay aside everything of darkness I spoke with a man this morning he's seeking the Lord with all of his heart but not all of his heart because there's still rebellion he still doesn't want to give God total control over his life I pleaded with him to do so he's very interested in the blessings of God in his life he knows he has to walk clean but his heart is still in rebellion I prayed for him I prayed with him that God would remove this rebellion from his heart that he would show evidence of 
of repentance that he would turn to Jesus that he would abandon himself to Jesus so do you need to do that do you need to abandon yourself to Jesus and give up your control give up your ambition give up the pornography give up the alcohol the chewing the cigars do you need to give up the lifestyle of the worldly man or woman Jesus is waiting on you if you want to be a part of revival that's what you have to do Now, there are others of you who are walking clean with God. You are rejoicing in the presence of Jesus. You are rejoicing in having been forgiven for your sins and having those sins removed from your life. And you're rejoicing with great excitement that Jesus has loved you so much that he's delivered you from the power of the enemy. I rejoice with you too. And I ask now, would you wait with me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Repentance from sin, receiving forgiveness, that was John's message, John the Baptist. But the message of Jesus is much larger than that. It is the kingdom of God is here. You can be baptized in fire and enter into this kingdom of God and become a worker, become a servant of the Most High God and advance the kingdom. For me, everything is about the kingdom of God. It's about men and women being washed and made clean. It's about men and women coming into the power of the Holy Spirit. It's about men and women walking in victory as they win others for Jesus and push back the powers of darkness and push back the kingdom of the devil. Oh, he's not a king. He's a a prince. But the word says he's been defeated. So today, I humbly come to you and ask, will you, will you wait with me for the coming of the Holy Spirit? How long will we wait until the Holy Spirit comes? Well, are you going to set a time limit, Pastor? No, I'm not. I'm going to wait on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to wait on Jesus to baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit and bring me fully into the kingdom. How long will you have to wait? I don't know. Some wait a very short time and others wait a long time. We give ourselves into the power of Jesus. We give up the fretting and the worrying and the struggling 
and we trust Jesus to carry us, to deliver us. So I'm waiting on the Lord, and he will carry me through, and he will carry you through, and I am resting in Jesus. How do I survive while I'm doing that? I don't have any idea, except the Lord said, I'll carry you through. And so he will carry me through. And I trust that as he moves in your heart to support this broadcast, you will do so. As God moves, we learn to obey implicitly what he tells us. And as we obey, the kingdom of darkness is pushed back. So today, do you need to repent of your sin and turn and be changed? Or today, have you been forgiven? Are you walking clean? Will you lay aside everything now except the essential? And will you cry out to God to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? Will you pray for revival in Washington, D.C.? Will you pray for revival in America? Almighty God, I come earnestly, humbly, recognizing that I'm no one, but I come with my sins washed away, walking clean before you, walking in your love and your compassion, asking now, Jesus, would you move in the hearts of the men and women who are listening, and if they need to repent, would you call them to that full repentance? Would you give them a clear vision of you, Jesus, of you on the cross, and then of you as the resurrected Lord? And will you call these precious men and women to be washed in the fountain of blood, washed and made clean, given victory over every temptation and every sin that the devil would try to capture them with, and then, Lord, for those men and women, Lord, those men and women who have given up their ambition, given up their love of money, who only want to serve you, Jesus, who are rejoicing in the wonderful news that you are their King, that you are their Lord, that you are their Maker. Lord, I ask, would you send the rain? Would you send the baptism of your Holy Spirit? Lord, I stand by faith that you will do this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Mr. Producer, are you there? Would you play again that song, Send the Rain? Right now.
field But still the land is barren There is no harvest yield We are anxiously waiting Let us draw a knife Our eyes are upon you not be here because of another appointment she had today but she's been listening and she just texted me fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom yes it is the father's pleasure to give to us the kingdom of heaven so we come praying waiting searching reading the scriptures, fasting, knowing that God is going to bring revival in Washington, D.C. and in this nation. God has not given up on America. God has not given up on Washington, D.C. We pray for the rain. Well, that's all the time we have for today. 
I ask if you are moved by the Spirit and you'd like to support this radio broadcast. We're coming to the end of the month and we're still far from where we need to be to be able to pay that bill. Would you make a check out to the National Prayer Chapel? Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. We cannot do this alone. We're willing to lay our life down, and, and we are. And we're willing to come to this radio mic and encourage you and teach. But we need your help. If this broadcast has been a great help to you, would you sacrificially give? Make the check out to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon. Joy with great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy.